All right, here's a, a one science trivia question for you. Who said this? Everything continues in a state of rest unless it is compelled to change by forces impressed upon it. That was a lot of names right at once. Sir Isaac Newton, it is the first law of motion. That's right. Very good. All right, so I'm going to tell you the point instead of you guessing what the point of the service is right out the gate. We in the Christian church must not be content to stay where we are. Today's sermon is about the Christian church, and what better day to be about it than Reformation Sunday. So status quo, if you look up the definition to status quo, it says this. It's Latin for existing state. So when we talk about maintaining the status quo, it typically means we're resistant to change or to progress. So I came across a survey for pastors, and I literally looked at it because I thought it was a survey for church members, and then I was sad to hear it was for me. <laughs> and the, question, uh, the questions were like this. Uh, am I happy with the way things are at or with the church, Christian church. Do we want new people in the Christian church, but do we only want them as long as they are like us? We don't want to change the music, the version of the Bible, the meeting, meeting times. We want things to just continue as they are. You, you, you can imagine... Uh, they don't really want pastors to say A, B, or C. They want us to say, come all you people, come to a place that is fluid, where the Holy Spirit moves in and among us, and we respond in response to God for all that God has given us. So do you want to know the last seven words of a dying church? But we've always done it that way. I know that's a common expression. I didn't know that, that those were the last seven words of a dying church. So we must not get, get content to stay where we are. So this morning, along with thousands of other churches and the Protestant tradition, we are celebrating Reformation Sunday, a day where we celebrate the work of the Protestant reformers of the 1500s who realized back then that the church had strayed far from the gospel. They began abusing power to control and exploit the people that they were meant to serve, the faithful. So this Sunday is meant to coincide with October 31st, 1517, which is the historic date where the Catholic priest, Father Martin Luther, nailed what has become to be known as the 95 Theses right on the door of the church in Wittenberg, Germany. So can you imagine a rebellious priest who takes these 95 Theses and just nails them right into the door so everyone can see them as they enter? So Luther's theses were 95 points of protest against the official teachings of the church at the time and the practices of the church, highlighting where they had strayed from Jesus 
and outlining how they could come back and return to the faithfulness of the gospel. So nailing those 95 theses to the Wittenberg door is known as the unofficial start of the Protestant Reformation. So the movement itself had already begun sometime before Luther's bold actions in the works of other renegade priests. Did you ever thought you'd say those two words together? Renegade priests who felt compelled and called to correct and to admonish and to change and to stand up and in between those who were in religious power and the people who came to worship. So since those days, a movement of reformation was started that has never ceased. A tradition of questioning tradition, examining the teachings of the Bible, not only for the collective whole, but for yourself personally. And that emerged as a new kind of Christianity back then and continues to be so today. So distinct from the Catholic and Orthodox traditions that has dominated the religion for 1,500 years prior to that day where Martin Luther nailed those theses onto the church door. And one of the key mottos that has emerged from that time, from the Reformation, not just for the Presbyterians, but for Protestant denominations, is reformed and always reforming. Reformed and always reforming. Meaning that the Christian church was always meant to go spirit-led, Bible-based, inspiration, listening for God's voice to lead us through history from one generation to the next. And you literally sit under some of those confessions and creeds of the church where church leaders stood up in great faith to stand against what was evil and what was wrong and risk their life and limb and, almost, and always was ready to stand up for their faith. So I'm seeing a tradition that Christianity has provided itself as always reforming. And I'm wondering if the Christian church is going stale. What a big thing to say. <laughs> and you know who else is wondering that? If we really are about always reforming, if we really stand up for our beliefs, all those who don't believe, all those who's never walked into a church. So what do we do? We must remember to never grow content with the things the way they are. Jesus, who is the head of the Christian church, tells us as his followers that we are to listen for his voice. We are to turn to him in prayer, seeking God's wisdom on where he is calling us to next. And if we continue reading in Acts 17, the vision Peter has is a call from God to go out and spread the gospel among the Gentiles, not just the Jews, but in a broader, broader sense. And we know that the New Testament has so many letters from Paul who literally went by foot and by sea to get to all of these places to start all those amazing young churches. So the vision of God's call was to include people who were once excluded, considered unclean and unredeemable, and we see that in Jesus and how he treats others through the pages of the Gospels. And it's because of this vision that the Gospel came to us in the Western world because of all those who came before and spread that good news to us. 
So things have evolved and we've been moving forward, but today, friends, we celebrate the Reformation that began more than 500 years ago, and I believe we are in urgent need of reforming today. So notice this message from God is one God can't stop preaching. God is still speaking. God is still moving. His spirit's still moving and evolving, calling us to move the world's narrow beliefs into a greater, more expansive vision of what it means to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. It is familiar talk among clergy when we hang out together to say, we got to go back to really discussing and preaching discipleship, following Jesus. So the Christian tradition at its core is one of reforming. And you know who really began the Reformation is that renegade Jewish rabbi named Jesus who burst upon the scene, who stirred the pot, who broke down barriers, who transformed lives with his own life. He took on that religious establishment over and over and over again. And then he healed the sick on the Sabbath in direct violation of religious law. And if that wasn't bad enough, he touched the unclean and the unworthy. He extended forgiveness to violators of God's law. He overturned tables. He spoke the truth when no one really wanted to hear it, and which ultimately cost him his life. So friends, when we say we are to follow Christ, we are saying that we as followers of Christ are the greatest reformer that has ever lived. And perhaps we too are called to be renegades in this day and age that seems to be about losing their religion. So Jesus told us when he left that he would send the Spirit among us and that we would be speaking truth because Jesus is the way and the truth and the life. So the implication then is that there is much truth yet to be revealed, more tables to be overturned, more Bible passages to be expanded upon and learned, new traditions to begin as we seek to tear down our comfort walls, move in out of our comfort zones, move into the wild, uncharted territories of this world. And yet here in 2019, the Church of Jesus Christ we are told, has become stagnant. We are told by those who've never walked into a church that you don't really need church, that it's just an institution or a building. We have refused to hear at times what the Spirit is calling us to do, to expand our boundaries, to become all that God desires us to be. We're a stubborn people, aren't we? Sometimes we just prefer comfort over action. We prefer what's good over what is best. But God is calling to us now, calling us to move forward, to change the way we think, to establish what it is that we believe. We believe that Jesus Christ is the Savior of the world, and we know who we are because we are God's children. We are called to follow him. God is calling us to change the way we show up in the world. How tempting it is to kind of stay within the confines of the church. And yet Jesus calls us every time to go out and to go therefore. 
There's deep-seated racism and sexism now alive in our country. Some people say it wasn't as strong as it is now just a year ago. There's the corruption of immigration policies that are taking the lives of thousands of children, children of God who seek only a chance at life, who are separated from their parents. We have been shown the effects of selfish ways that are destroying our ozone layer, depleting our planet's natural resources and hurtling our planet towards catastrophe. And in many cases, the church has responded. So I guess I'm asking myself and all of us today, these are three topics that have been going on for a long, long time, and especially heated ones this past year. So what are we doing as individuals? What are we doing as a church here in Livonia? What are we doing as the Christian church that will save our planet, that will welcome people that have been excluded just like Jesus did? You know, how much can we carry? The good news is we don't have to carry the burdens of the world. We have a Savior that does that. We just need to follow where he leads. And sometimes following where Jesus leads, it's hard, right? you got to be bold. And sometimes we'd rather be kind of quiet. Maybe let someone else move forward for a while. And yet here in America, there is a call for the church to turn back to Jesus. Jesus that calls us to humble ourselves, to take the form of a servant like him, to serve others, not only our friends do we pray for, but our enemies as well. And the world right now will call us crazy for doing that. Perhaps we let go of the things we've clung so tightly to, the privilege of our nation. Fighting for the government to support our endeavors to listen to our voice when brothers and sisters of other face or no face at all wonder if we're only about us. So our God was revealed to us in Jesus Christ as unique and expansive. God in whom every molecule of the universe is held together. God is made manifest most in the faces of those in the faith communities. That's us. In the faces of the pages of our Bible that we see there. Of the names and the faces of those on our wall who came before us. And how can we not be inspired by those who gave all to make the church what it is? Perhaps we do have to turn back. Perhaps we do have to be bold. And we have to invite people to church that maybe never even go, who live perhaps on our right or our left or across the street, who are in a class or our colleague at work, because it never hurts to ask. So now we go back we draw close to Jesus. We light that light of faith, knowing that the Spirit is with us. And knowing that those 95 critiques against the church that Martin Luther hung on that door, that we're still seeking change, that we're still seeking to be a church without judgment, a church that opens its doors wide, a church like our great reformers who stood up, for example, to Hitler at great cost and said Hitler was evil and he must be stopped. Let's get back to that kind of faith that shapes the world. 
shapes our communities. You know, we're called to wake up each and every day and to look at our world and to ask, where is the Spirit leading us today to bring about reformation and renewal? That is our task, dear family, to bring about reformation and renewal. The Spirit is, in fact, speaking to each one of us. And the question is, will we be like Jason and Acts only listed in that one verse and what was he known for oh my upsetting the world for jesus i want to be like jason i want to upset the world for jesus i want to call us back to jesus i want us to walk so closely to jesus we're like the disciples on the road and we're so walking in his footsteps that we can almost taste and feel the dust kicking up on our clothes. So here we all are today, members and visitors to worship God, to give God thanks for those who came before us, our family and our dear friends that we proudly display on this wall. We are their legacy. How can we do anything less than to stand bold and strong on our faith that Jesus Christ came, that we may have abundant life and have it abundantly. So therefore, since we are surrounded by so a great cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and the sin that clings to us so closely, and let us run, run with perseverance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus as the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. Let God be the glory. Let us be on our way. Amen.